Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. In the aftermath of George Floyd's murder, conversations about racism and diversity have been amplified. There have been a number of reforms, not just in government, but also in the corporate world. Big companies like Walgreens have added more people of color to top leadership positions. And J.P. Morgan Chase launched a program investing in small businesses owned by people of color. But while corporate America is highlighting and branding diversity, many think this long-awaited change is still happening too slowly. Others see this as the beginning of a cultural reset. Here to talk about where we've gone and where we still need to go is Maudlin Ihajerica. She's a columnist and reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Hi, Maudlin. Hi, Sasha. Also with us is Patrice Darby-Neely. She's CEO of GoLogic Solutions. She was a recipient of Chase's mentorship program that aims to help Black and Latinx small business owners right here in Chicago. Welcome, Patrice. Hi, Sasha. Madeline, I'll start with you. How did you react to Floyd's murder last year? Oh, my goodness. I think it was the single most traumatic experience that I have had as a journalist in decades. And I've been in this business 30 years nearly. And it, for me, just... It, it, it was beyond anything I could imagine. It gave me nightmares for at least two weeks after, and it left me shaking and crying, just bawling. What was it about this killing? It was the very public murder. It was a murder carried out in uniform. It was the length of the excruciating eight minutes and 46 seconds. It was the begging and pleading of the bystanders for another human's life. It was the lack of compassion or any registration of humanity. Hi, Sasha. Face. How has the conversation about race changed, maybe, in your personal life, Maudlin? George Floyd gave me personally, um, a sense of validation, a sense of validation of the issues that I have raised up um, in an effort to increase awareness of uh, race and injustice in communities of color, which is my beat. I cover race and social justice. And you find yourself essentially at times whistling in the wind as you hold up to the spotlight issues and instances of injustice throughout society, and they get ignored, dismissed, and only occasionally acknowledged. But George Floyd, for me, gave that validation um, that I was absolutely doing the right thing throughout my career on this particular beat, and that, you know, finally people understood that these this systemic racism that we, and certainly I point out in my coverage of race and social justice, is absolutely legitimate. It exists. It has been there. It will be there. And it must be confronted. Patrice, I want to go back to that day uh, last year with you, May 25th, 2020. 
what was your reaction to George Floyd's murder? I was honestly stunned. And the first thing I did was sat down to process the amount of time that he was held down until he the last breath went out of his body. Um, I've got a two-year-old son, and I'm raising my son up in a world that I've got to choose very quickly how to coach him on navigating through life because of the color of his skin. And so the first thing that hit my mind was, oh, my goodness, what if that was my child? Uh, what if that was my uncle? What if that was my nephew? What was that? What if that was my husband? Um, and then the second thing was, how do I lead my company? How do I help them have hard conversations, challenge one another, even talk about things that you necessarily probably wouldn't normally talk about in the workplace, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, it was a personal reaction as well as a leadership reaction. Did you feel a burden to be the one to stir up those conversations at work because you're African-American? Absolutely. I mean, I've carried that burden since I was a child. Um, I've oftentimes been the only black person in the room uh, since, you know, childhood. And so it's a conversation that I have be become comfortable with leading because I've been in the environment so long. Maudlin, your recent article talks about exactly what Patrice just hit on. You, you talk about how corporate culture is changing due to Floyd's death. What specifically has changed? The most tangible change that we can point to is in the years since George Floyd's murder, there has been an ascension by African-American women to top posts at Fortune 500 companies. The most uh, glaring evidence is Roz Brewer, formerly of Starbucks, named CEO of Deerfield-based Walgreens, and Thasunda Duckett, um, named CEO of the Teachers Annuity and Pension Fund. And those two corporations are Fortune 100 companies, which makes it even more unlikely because they join now what now is only a handful of African Americans who hold that top CEO positions at Fortune 500 companies, which are the nation's largest companies. So those are, are major, major barriers broken, right. the first for each at each of those corporations. Yeah, over the years, Maudlin, you know, some companies have done some work. They've implemented committees to address racial diversity and in inclusion. The number of DEI committees, though, at organizations, that has skyrocketed in the past year. I've seen it right. with my own eyes. Do you know when the trend actually started, though? Like, did it predate George Floyd being murdered? 
What I will tell you is that in my conversation with Lisa Osborne Ross, who of course was another African-American woman who broke a barrier, first African-American CEO of 69-year-old Edelman U.S., she led the Racial Justice Task Force uh, that was created by Edelman immediately after the killing of George Floyd in response to the flood of, of requests from American corporations seeking counseling on how now to enter the DEI space, whether or not to create multicultural outreach programs or whether and how to create DEI committees and launch initiatives or to make statements. And so I don't think that George Floyd certainly was the beginning of DEI efforts nationwide. As you and I know, they've they've existed for years and really have accomplished not much at many, many corporations. But I will say, and based on the evidence uh, that Lisa presents, that George Floyd opened the floodgates, opened the floodgates and made corporations understand that they could not they could no longer dabble in it or ignore it they had to have these initiatives has the response varied from industry to industry Maudlin? i think that the response has varied across corporate america okay. there are those corporations who made those statements and many people were quick to point out their C-suites remained segregated. Their top management remained segregated. Um, their hiring and promotion uh, record for people of color was dismal. So that many of them, it, it appeared, were just talking the talk. And there are many who point out some of those corporations have not done much, including there was a recent case here involving Nielsen, um, a lawsuit that was filed by a top exec pointing out uh, hiring and, and, and promotion of people of color was just dismal while they proclaimed um, a diversity as one of their principles of their products. And therefore, so no, it has not been across the board that, that corporations have actually taken action to address it, but there is very positive movement by those corporations that have. Aside from hiring and, and promoting people of color, Maudlin, give us some more quick specifics on how companies are, are working to meet this moment. Well, certainly when we talk about systemic racism in this nation, we have to go beyond police brutality and those systems of social injustice to generational wealth and the nation's glaring income gap when it comes to the Black, Latinx, and white. And so corporations have had to understand that everything begins with equity. If people have what they need, if people can compete, then a lot of these injustices begin to be leveled um, because now you have housing, now you have jobs that pay a living wage, now you can afford your own home, now you can pass a mass savings to pass on to your children, now the quality of housing in neighborhoods goes up, the stability goes up. And so what has happened, some specific examples are banks like JP Morgan Chase, understanding that 
that is where they need to begin to address the systemic racism across society is to make sure that everyone has an opportunity. It begins with opportunity and therefore, as you see here with Patrice, they have created programs to help Black and Latinx small businesses who don't have that access to capital and face that bias time and again in trying to grow and scale their businesses. They're giving them free mentoring. And that's so important. They're making home ownership accessible yeah. to 40,000 Americans. That's important. Patrice, as an African-American yeah. woman in, in tech, you're dealing with the challenges that come with both your gender and your race. What has that been like? Wow. Uh, it's a, it's interesting and quite heavy to uh, kind of pick apart at moments. But overall, I would say the last year has been very different than all of my previous years working in tech. I think that more people are holding themselves accountable. And when I say people, I'm not just talking about the board of directors or the leadership team of companies, but I'm talking more about even, you know, the employees where people are being more transparent and open to stating that they've been oblivious or even challenging themselves to step out of their conference zone um, and have conversations over, you know, a hot cup of tea or, you know, a meal. Um, and so I see a lot of, a, a lot more outreach, but along with that, I, on the side where, you know, I think it's a lot challenging for a tech startup company is in the area of supplier diversity. So especially when it comes to corporations, you oftentimes it's very difficult to get in the door and it's also difficult to get your product in front of companies that can make the key decisions with, you know, um, selecting your product instead of someone else's. So I think um, from the supplier diversity perspective, I think there's a lot more that needs to happen. I, I think corporations need to start thinking about if we select more uh, diverse uh, companies and partner with them, we're actually going to be able to target the underrepresented communities that we are not successful in reaching uh, within our company uh, entirely. So I think, you know, allowing, opening up the door for more subcontracting uh, would, there's a long way to go on that side. But I do see a lot of movement in, in the right direction. Sounds very logical, doesn't it, Patrice? And and it reminds me of your startup's name, Go Logic. What what, what do you have to share with us about your your company and your mission? Absolutely. So our company was birthed in the midst of the pandemic, and quite frankly, because of the pandemic, we are a um, SaaS platform. Uh, it, it's an economic development and data aggregation platform. We help small businesses accelerate growth and reduce failure by increasing the capacity and capabilities of their infrastructure, as well as entrepreneur support organizations. So these are mandated organizations like SBDCs, women's business centers, or even uh, philanthropic organizations and corporations um, that are trying to help 
the smallest of small businesses be successful. Do you feel like your industry and, and corporations in general are taking racial equity and, and diversity more seriously now, Patrice? I think it varies across the board okay. from industry to industry, because when I'm out um, engaging and selling to uh, these companies, I definitely see that some are holding themselves accountable more so than others. It might be the case that as time goes on and the traumatic situation that happened last year begins to faint into the distance, I think it's going to be every single employee, every single citizen that holds these corporations accountable for standing on the commitments they made and continuing continuing to make progress. So accountability is, is what you need to see more of. Uh, Maudlin, what about you? I'm thinking of, you know, you're, you're the fact that you've checked in on these companies a year after this, you know, global racial uprising. Were you surprised, Maudlin, at the progress that some of these companies seem to be attempting to make? I think that I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I knew that there were many instances where pledges and statements that were made ended up just being talk. Um, and so what I was looking for was instances where corporations who made those statements, who made those pledges, yeah. actually took meaningful action. And I was pleasantly surprised at the case studies that I, I, I presented in that article. Walgreens, Allstate, J.P. Morgan Chase, Edelman, they're only four companies out of millions across America. Mm -hmm. And I just hope that more companies will take the sort of actions that yeah. these four have taken. We'll have to leave it there for now. That is Maudlin Ihejerica. She's a columnist from Chicago Sun-Times and Patrice Darby-Neely, CEO of GoLogic Solutions. Thank you both. And that's today's Reset. Like conversations like the one you just heard? Well, help us spread the word by giving this podcast a quick rating and review. It really does work the algorithms and get other people to find us. Tomorrow, our weekly news recap, where we take you through the biggest local and state stories of the week. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.